welcome everybody to the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Are you following the Five Dirty Bikers on social media? Find us on Facebook and like us on Instagram and Twitter at Five Dirty Bikers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers podcast. Tonight, we have a special guest. Dustin's on vacation, and we have the professional monkey, TJ, joining us tonight. And uh, we asked him to join us because we think that TJ is going to be an expert on this topic because uh, TJ has a lot of motorcycles and has a uh, has spent a lot of money on motorcycles. And we want to know whether Harleys are worth the price. Nope. Ooh, uh, it's an addiction, okay? It'll show a little respect. <laughs> I haven't found like, a fucking group yet. No. <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't. Did, you, you know, you can go to you can go to one of those meetings and say, "My name's TJ, and I'm addicted to Harley Davidsons." But they're at the dealer, and they sell you a fucking bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole that's their ploy right there. We're gonna have the meeting at the dealership. <laughs> there's some there's some silky smooth talking motherfuckers i'll tell you because <laughs> you bought one yeah uh, let's talk about that I, mike what did you I, do this weekend i went and purchased a 2021 pan america special in vivid black and adjustable ride height oh fuck he's joined, he's, he's joined the club and two full raccoons <clears throat> just fell out of his butthole. <laughs> yeah, damn sure. <laughs> it's it, I don't I don't think it was supposed to be humanly possible to go little raccoon, but I'm pretty sure with the ass raping I got from going to Harley. Son, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> that it's 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 well above two. It could even be two and a half. So well well above two. Nice. So you went in there and you said, fuck the MSRP. What's the AF price? The straight ass <laughs> yeah. fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It, 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 yeah, I was going to ask if they kiss you first, but the reality is that doesn't fly with the Pan America because in my professional medical opinion, I think that, that bike's a good deal. I don't think it's overpriced at all for what it is. I don't think so either. No, you, have- you're probably right about that. So – so what you're saying is, is that you just need to lube up before you go in there because the Pan America is worth all every every nickel you get from it. We talked about it on the episodes going to the Harley dealership and and it's like going to a fine dining restaurant. You're paying. You're not. Re- you're paying for the food. Yeah, the food's good, but you're paying for the experience that you get. Hold on. Hold and on. Hold on. What this? It's, well, I'm like in Bizarro World because Mike, <laughs> right? You know, used to say "fuck Harley," "fuck," "fuck." Oh, the I, I still say "fuck Harley" and "fuck the dealers." Yeah, but I, I do believe this weekend you're at a dealer talking to everybody in the parking lot, enjoying the culture and climate of the Harley. <laughs> I Are you a convert? <laughs> I can tell you that it's a little different when. <laughs> It's We're sort of, it was like, He's so when you ride, now. He is, boy. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he had an out of body experience. <laughs> if he went I two full raccoons, so it was hard. an in body experience. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, I, I rang the bell so hard, I was trying to break it. 
<laughs> it was really good. I'll have to find that video. Um, but when you pull up into a dealership and you have a model that a lot of even seen or heard about, and they see that it's a Harley, it's sort of like flies swarming a big pile of shit. Except it's not a big pile of shit. It's like fruit flies or something. I don't know what the fuck is swarming. Anyway, a whole lot of people came up and was at, and were asking me a lot of questions. And they're like, are you a salesman for Harley? And I said, hell no, I'm not a salesman for Harley. I fucking hate Look Harley. Look at the size of my ass. You tell me that I'm a salesman. <laughs> God damn. I lost my passenger pillion in there somewhere. Good God. I, I, I could I back right up into the tail section. I have to I have to give you shit out of love. You know, you know, I don't think that anyone on a V-Rod gets that same sort of crowd these days, though. They no. do not. And they should, though. Yeah, the I agree. You know, never got I, any love. No, but man, I talked to so many people about V rods and this motorcycle and there's one younger guy there who had a Dyna and he was talking to me about it and he said something about his, yeah, I'll just stick with my Dyna. And I said, a Dyna, fuck a Dyna. <laughs> and he said, well, I've got a, I've got a 124 kid in it and I've spent six and I said, well, I'm sorry. And he started talking to me about the bike and I said, man, you know, I, I didn't mean to be that way. I said, so, but here, I said, did you know that this thing has 150 horsepower and a lot of pounds of torque? And he was like, really? And I said, dude, this fucking bike is fast. And he was like, really? No shit. And I said, Mike's well, a yeah. Convert. He's been converted. Yep. The only thing he needs now is yep. some fucking pair of vans and a goddamn skull t-shirt. He fit right <laughs> in with everybody else. He has drank the Harley Kool-Aid, y'all. He is Drinking the Kool-Aid. So next week he's gonna have a a, a patch kit vest on and <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if I could get a patch sewn patch made that had my wet banana logo on it, man. Here, here's Mike's new favorite song. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I'm a son of a Nanchoville. <laughs> <laughs> wet banana america you heard it here oh, first shit. wet banana wet banana so mike i guess that gets us going are they worth the price because everybody bitches about harley they're too expensive they're too expensive i think it's a i think it's a good price for that bike man it's a lot of tech in that some bitch you know like it's a you, whole lot of tech. so it was a very hard pill to swallow Hmm. but had i had the option and, and i mean i did couldn't get financed on anything else but had i went out here and bought a bmw or a ktm or a super tenere or whatever anything that's in the the class or realm that the pan america is three down the road my bike is going to depreciate three grand and every other bike is going to be worth half of what you paid for them. That's a solid point because Harleys do hold their value. Mm -hmm. They do. Even though it's a three-year unlimited mileage warranty to back them up. So, so, TJ, you said you've done some extensive research on this. What, what do you got, man? 
I liberally use the word extensive, but okay. we'll just go with some research. research. So you use the word extensive way too much, don't you? You're like, it's extensive. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike said when he came bigger. out of dealer. That was extensive. <laughs> so can they any use extends liberally? <laughs> Can, can you guess how much a Heritage Softail Classic was new in 1995? Oh, fuck. Uh, $14,995. I'm going to say 13. $13,875. $14,000. You know how much $13,875 spent in 1995 would be in 2021? How much? How much? $24,900. Wow. Bike costs the same so today as it did in 1995. Well, I'll be goddamned. Actually, wow. actually, a little more because I you can buy a heritage for less than 24 grand, right? Wow, so fuck, huh. there's the podcast. Shut it down. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, <laughs> win, you win, you <laughs> win. Well, here's no, 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 but here's the thing though I guarantee what you're gonna hear is well, they were overpriced in 95. Uh, maybe I'm just saying that that's over two decades ago, you know, 26 years ago, they were still the same price they are today, really. Yeah, but Actually, if you go out and you try to buy one, hell, you're still going to pay 12 grand for a damn 95 model. Well, the COVID has destroyed the old bike market, so you can buy a 95 Heritage for less than 5,000 bucks right now. Man. But that's. That's that's just because no one wants Evos because everyone's afraid to turn a fucking screwdriver. That was one of the most dependable motors they made. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. But there's perceptions weird out there that you know, Evos don't. You can't there's kill too one. Many, <laughs> there's two twenty five instead of a T twenty seven. Well, I right. mean, Evos are still alive <laughs> in the sporties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the sporties going away is because the Evo won't pass. Blah blah blah. You know it's not efficient enough. But yeah, that's a that's a uh, 1980. What year did Evo come out? 80, 80 something. It was 81, 82, 82. Yeah, yeah. So that's early 80s. Yeah. That's an old motor. You know, it's over it's, 50 yeah. years old. It's fucking bulletproof. But I mean, on the flip side, Harley is a fucking premium brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you should expect that you're going to pay a premium price. So like. We, you go into a Porsche dealer, you don't go, God damn, that thing's a hundred grand. You know, you know it's <laughs> fucking hundred thousand dollars when you walk in, you know. You know, true. that's that's yeah, really true. funny because I would bet you that a Ford F one fifty has gone up more in price in that same time range time frame than Harley has. Dude, oh, those yeah. are straight ass fucking. And those motherfuckers don't even call you later that night after the fucking <laughs> No. No. And F-150 is the top-selling vehicle in the world. Mm, so if you compare it to all right other countries the in the world, there's like one sold every six minutes or something like that. Good Lord. It's it's insane, yeah. <laughs> Just for – and that's the, the – I don't know. I mean, that that was – it's a hard pill to swallow to pay the price because you see the prices of the other motorcycles that are – you know, competing on now the adventure market line. You see the price tag of all the other motorcycles, and even though they're relatively close, you say, well, that bike is, you know, $2,000 less. I can save $2,000, and you're purchasing it 
but when you're five years down the road, mm-hmm. you know, hell, you can take a bike from Harley and six months later and go and get your money back out of it and not to spend a dime. And you Mike can't do that to, with Mike, a BMW. Mike is justifying or, that price. He's trying to make No, I'm not trying good. to justify <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's I'm trying not. to make himself feel good. And when it comes to so when I when I bought my Pan America, I didn't pay MSRP. I paid market price for my that was even more of a hard pill to swallow. Oh god, but, yeah. Yeah. But go out and try to find a fucking Pan America right now. That's a rich guy's bike right now. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's the dude. He just doesn't. Not do I'm my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Your balls are rich, Mike. <laughs> no, my balls are nay nay. His balls are on OnlyFans right now to pay for that fucking motorcycle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. If you hey, go to his OnlyFans page, it's nothing but starfish right there. He's just <laughs> Whatever you want for two dollars, he's in. Whatever you want. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff, and I was totally nude, and it was weird. I. I got a Pan America to pay for. Daddy it's needs called IPMarketPrice.com. <laughs> so, so tell me this, TJ. So, we, we, Mike, Mike just had a, an experience with a, you know, a, I mean, a literally a bike that just hit the market. You know, the first one sold out of the dealership that he bought. He rode away on. So, what do you think about other bikes in Harley's lineup? Now, you did the comparison to the Heritage, but you purchased a CVO. I want to know about the CVO because I, I, I really am interested of whether what you think of whether or not that bike is worth the money. Uh, I did a video, I don't know, four or five, six months ago about our CVO is actually a really good deal. And in the comments section of that video, you would you would think I said something, some horrible shit. I mean, like <laughs> there's some angry people out there about that video. And all I did was say, like, OK, if you were to buy a road glide, mine's a 19 CBO road glide. Yep. If you were to buy a road glide and then say, I want to make it like that CBO, you yep. would spend a whole lot more money than I did. Okay. Um, you'd have to buy the Defiance collection. Yep. All the floorboards. Yep. Um, you'd have to put a 117 kit in it. You'd have to put a 21 inch wheel on it. You'd have to put a custom crash bar on it. You'd have to put a lower fang fairing on it. You'd have to put a $2,500 stereo upgrade in it. Yep. And then you'd have to find a painter that would put probably an $8,000 paint job on it. Right. So when you add all that stuff up, the bikes, the way it sits, if it's what you like, it's right. a great deal. Okay. It's, it's the money is there is the whole point. Now, here's the thing that really pisses people off is I, and I, that wasn't my goal was, and then now in five years, my VIN number is a CVO. Cause when yep. you trade a bike in or sell it, you're selling a VIN number. Right. Yep. And it doesn't matter what you've done to it. It doesn't matter your special homegrown, handmade 24 inch wheel, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The VIN number is a road glide. And that's what it is. It's a used road glide versus a used CBO road glide. Um, there's tremendous bullshit that goes with a CBO, though. Like, I, 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 I used to make fun of CBO riders and still do because there's a certain personality type that goes with it. There's a lot of bedazzled jeans. <laughs> You're speaking of the big wheel bagger community right now, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of bejeweled pockets and, you right. know, like 
And and I'm not talking about their wives on the back. I'm saying the dudes on the front. <laughs> right. What was those? Did they? What was those type of jeans that you wear? Affliction wearing, jeans. They're oh, affliction. miss oh, yeah. me, miss me jeans. Those are those, that, those are the that's a, dudes wear those. No, what? <laughs> yo guys do. <laughs> miss me jeans. Those are the ones Mary has. Those aren't dude jeans. Those are girl jeans. No, hey, well, that's these, a new saying. That'd be a new saying on here. CVO glides, CVO, CVO riders wear women's jeans. Oh, my. <laughs> oh you're really going to stir the pot really with that one, do, Mike. You know, Mike had the donut hole jeans on when he bought his bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had, I, I had chaps on. With a loop that could kick me in the nuts. Yeah. Okay, mounted so- to my shoulders. So, TJ, I just want to play devil's advocate without, uh-huh. you know, throwing in all the, the comments like your your subscribers did or the people that watch your CVO video. So you were talking about buying a road glide and making it a CVO. What mm-hmm. I want to know is, is so what I want to know is, is the CVO just as it sits, you know, not trying to build a CVO, that you roll the CVO off the line, you put it in a dealership, you put a price tag on it. Is that price tag worth the money? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it, it, it I love that bike. Um, my wife rides it now, and she loves that bike. And I love it even more now that she rides it because it makes so many dudes angry when a woman rides it on a CBO. I can't even. It's it's you can feel the hatred, and I love every second of it. But um, wow. but it, it 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 it's just a lot of fucking money, man. I mean, like you could buy a motorcycle and a new car and still spend less money than that bike was. Right. Yeah. What are, you know, what are those things? Are like forty G's, aren't they? I got a good deal on mine. I don't know how because that color scheme of Road Glide with the number one on the tank. You know that that deal. I get dealers that call me all the time trying to buy it from me and are throwing numbers that I'm like, really? You're fucking nuts! Like you know, like you know, you know, people will pay for that bike, but um, there are people out there that paid fifty two grand for my bike. Wow. I God didn't. Damn. Nowhere near that. Right. But damn, that's Ouch. a lot of money for a motorcycle, man. Yeah. Yeah. Buy a new Honda Accord and a new Honda whatever, whatever the bike is now. I don't know. And you're good to go, you know? What Fuck. what changed what changed my opinion on the CVO was when Harley did the special versions and just started putting out the you know, the specials that were blacked out, you know, that had mm-hmm. the blacked out primary cases. And so it's kind of not really a CVO, like a step down from a CVO. Um, yeah, you know, because the Road King, right? So you have the there's a standard Road King, and you have the Road King Special, like I have. And to me, and, and this again, this is just me. The standard Road King isn't appealing to me, but the Special, love it. Absolutely, think the bike is is amazing. I mean, that's why I have that one. So I I look at it like if I was going to get a Road Glide, the Road Glide Special is appealing to me, but the CVO holds no appeal. However. Like you said, if you like that kind of stuff, I don't want stereos in my bags and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know what I mean? So I think that there's there's a certain amount of it that I could do without, but I do like those options that like a special comes with as an example. Yeah, so, but yeah. the bridge there, I mean, specials are so expensive. You know, a new yeah. roguelike special is probably what, 32? I don't yeah. know. They, they've, they've gone up quite a bit too. Yeah, for sure. So we've been talking about the high price bikes. Let's talk about the Lonely Sportster. That's their cheapest entry mm. point right now. And what is And it's it? too much money. Yeah, what is it? Nine grand, ten grand now? No, I don't think you can buy a twelve hundred for less than twelve grand down here. Yeah. 
they're about that. The twelve hundreds are about twelve grand now. Yeah. So I mean that's a tough fucking sell when you got the Yamaha Bolt, which is basically the same fucking bike for eighty five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you say you say basically yeah. the same bike. There's a lot of plastic on a Yamaha. Bike. There is there, and that that's what I was going to bring up because I mean, when you're looking at them side by side, you know they basically look the same. But when you get on them, there's pros and cons. So like the the Yamaha performs better yep. than the Iron, but the Iron feels like a more premium product even though it's not as fast, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, it's not plasticky, everything, you know, it's just a premium fucking product. And, and you know, you, you hit on something, because when I was much younger, you know, you, you don't have Harley money when you're a goddamn kid. You're riding old 70s Hondas or whatever and trying to keep them running with duct tape and, you know, you know, coat hangers. Yeah. But when you finally can afford a Harley, I always wanted one because I had, I had Yamahas. I had new Yamahas. I had a, when I was younger and skinnier, I had an R1. <laughs> and then i had a, Ro a roadstar oh, wow. warrior which is a great fucking motorcycle to this day like a roadstar warrior is a great is. bike um and very well made but still you could sit on any harley and feel a huge difference in the amount of steel and weight and I, some dudes out there are like well that's why they're bad because they're so heavy no you know what i'm saying there's a feeling of quality when you sat on an early 2000s harley versus an early 2000s yamaha um exactly Today, if I was a young rider, though, I would really struggle with it. And I, and my, my, my grandfather's rolling over his grave right now because you can buy what's that, that new Yamaha road, road glide. It's like the eluder or something like that is a fixed fairing. Air cooled twin spaceship looking motherfucker. Right. But it's a Japanese road glide. You know what yep. I mean? Basically. Yep. And that bike is like 23 grand. Isn't that the Indian Challenger? Isn't that the one you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Close. Yeah, that that that's a whole other thing. That's those, yeah, anyway, but, but yeah, that, but that is, and that's actually a nice motorcycle. I've actually sat on one of those, and you know, got it up off the kickstand. It's light, but there's a lot of plastic on that's it. That's reason it's light. It has a lot of tech with it, though. I mean, that's the that's the upswing or the uptick to it. It is, you know, it's got a, a goddamn motorized windshield that you can raise and lower, and you know, a I shit mean, ton of bells and whistles. Dude. But so, so TJ, let me ask you this: When you, if you are a person who wants the CVO look. Okay, well, let me ask you this. I'm trying to think of a, of a good way <laughs> to put it. Struggling. So, so when <laughs> when I when I got the Pan America, right? I didn't know if I was going to, you know, I didn't know what I was wanting to change, what I was wanting to do. I didn't know whatever. I, you know, I rode it all weekend. I put like 450 something miles on it this weekend, over 400 miles. Um, and there's nothing that I would change about that motor. The special comes with the center stand and stuff. Now, would I put the skid plate on? Yes. Would I put the exhaust on? Yes. But none of that comes standard on any motorcycle. So it's an aftermarket part, but the way the CV, if you like all of those parts, then it would be worth the money. But otherwise, if you can get by with those street you know a road glide special or just a base model road glide 
you know, then I'm in, I guess. You know, I, I guess what I'm asking is, is did the CVO appeal to you because of the accessories and the paint? Or did it appeal to you because it was a CVO? No, it wasn't the CVO-ness of it. You know, like I'm not a white sunglasses, white flip-flops, bedazzled jeans kind of guy. <laughs> it's right. It's that I was, I actually owned, this is the financial calculation in my head. I had a 2018 Road Glide Ultra. Uh, my wife started riding, so I no longer had a backseat, but I was riding a full dresser. And so I right. said, well, I'm going to convert the tour pack to quick release. I'm going to put a motor kit in it and a cam and I'm going to have it painted and I'm going to put a stereo in it and I'm going to put, you know, da, 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 and, the, and you do the math and then you're like, I can just buy the damn CVO and it's done. You know, like it's, it's already right. on it. And the paint that was on that year of 19 CVO Rogue Glide, I still think it's one of the best looking bikes Harley ever made with the one on the tank and the gray, silver, red, you know, you know, like it just, it was, it was almost exactly what I would make if I were to make a bike. So that's the only yeah. reason I bought. I would normally write that stupid big ass check, but I really, really liked that bike. And and as a matter of fact, Ryan, you really hit something a second ago. Not only are the specials good looking, the CVOs for twenty one, you can't tell they're a fucking CVO. Like the the one of them, it only says CVO on the bottom of the bag and the back. Otherwise, you just think it's a special with a big wheel on it. Right. The it's only just, difference with the CVO is like the laced wheel that like my bike. The stereo, the laced wheel, and some little paint tweaks. Well, and the yeah. specials, and especially like in the Road King, the special has the 21-inch wheel now. So the Road King special now has the big wheel and the big motor. The one, laced, the, are they the, the laced wheels machine. or the cast wheels? No, the, the, the Road King special does not have the laced wheels. It has the cast wheels, but right. it has the 21-inch wheel and the 117 motor, and it's blacked out. The the road king oh, special. Okay. The road king special does. Yep. So that's what and changed. What's the AF on, on that bike? Uh, <laughs> I think it might be twenty seven. So thirty out the door, probably. Maybe t- between twenty four and twenty seven. I think it's twenty seven. Hey, uh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- road king special has a one fourteen in it. Oh yeah, the one fourteen, not one seven. I'm like the comment section was going to heat up. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. fuck, there we go. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. Not the not. <laughs> I was thinking the step up from my my because I have the one oh seven in mine. It also has a nineteen inch wheel. Does it? Yeah. See, God, I didn't know. I, boy, I'm, you need a fucking fact checker, Ryan. <laughs> Boom. God, hey, can well, somebody can somebody so, redict his statement? I need a rediction. Tony, when you edit, you better cut all that out so I don't look like a complete idiot. I'm like the comments police. When you live in my world, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to log in today and see what they've said about my mother. You guys have a problem with bat winging while you're riding? Go check out Memphis Shades and their awesome selection of windshields and fairings. We all use them, and it really helps keep the wind off your stroke. The official sponsor of the FDB podcast. So... I, I compare it like this, though, and I think I think to, well, I know for sure Tony and Mike and myself, um, not well. Mary's had an Indian, so and mm-hmm. and you too, TJ. This is the this is the difference I think that um, that a person is going to experience, and, and I, this is going to sound in, incredibly arrogant, but I'm going to say it anyway. No, oh, so <laughs> so 
not once when I owned any other bike except a Harley did it garner the type of attention like Mike is talking about with his Pan America. You know what I mean? And and we've all experienced that. You roll up somewhere and somebody's asking you questions about the bike or where you're going or what are you doing. And I don't think I think it's unique. It's unique to motorcycling for sure. But I think that as a general rule, Harleys attract more attention than other brands of motorcycle. And now, that just yeah, might be here in the States. That sounds arrogant to say that, but you know, that's how I feel about it. No one ever comes up to the guy in the new Honda Rebel and asks him about it. <laughs> <laughs> that that new 1100's getting all kinds of fucking press. Yeah, that you know what? As I was saying, I was like, yeah, not so much anymore. That's because <laughs> 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 I'm like, a lot of people are talking about that 1100. No wonder your um, viewer comments are so triggered. <laughs> yeah, you know, what can do about it? They get upset. They get so upset. But yeah, I don't know. I, I personally think they're they're worth the price. Or I wouldn't have bought. I wouldn't. I've bought three of them. Uh, I th- I think they're I think they're worth the price. And Mike had a a solid point too. I mean, you ride them for two or three years. You trade them in. You, you do not take a bad hit on a bike in two or three years. They, they hold their value really well where your imports aren't going to get that kind of return on them after two or three years. It's, it's a little different in Florida because it's just bikes are cheap down here and they depreciate right. faster and you know, this, that, and the other. So down here, especially in South Florida, you do take a little bit of a bath, but not like if you bought a bolt, yeah. you know what I mean? You buy a Yamaha bolt. Yeah. That's a, actually, that is a cool little bike, but, it's going to just drop in value like a, like a lead balloon, you know, like, uh, hmm. well, it's like those fucking, what are those Yamaha cruisers that they don't make anymore? The V stars. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. V stars. I mean, you can pick those things up for 2000 bucks, $1,500 today. Yeah. I have a buddy that, that totaled one, got another one and then totaled it. And he was like, I'm just going to buy them by the dozen. They're only like three grand. So like he picked <laughs> one up. And these and these are a bit like he had the Roadstar Silverado, which is like the big heritage, and got hit and totaled it, and then got their next one, which was called the the Freightliner. No, what the hell, the Stratoliner. Stratoliner, yes. And he and that got hit and totaled it because South Florida. And, Sounds uh, like he needs to stop riding motorcycles. Jesus, he ain't gonna be riding for a good year now. But thank God he's still with us. Uh, why? Because he was wearing a helmet. Anyway, um, there you go. It, it, uh, trigger, uh, trigger. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm just going to buy two or three of them and keep spares. Are <laughs> no, helmets going to helmets just for carry? No, we talked about that. He's in the same state you are, Mary. So mm-hmm. they, yep. they're not, you don't have to wear them down there. Nope. No. I, I think no. a lot of people wear them in South Florida because um, the driving is like going to a third world country and whatnot. And then you get into, into Dade County. So I think you see more helmets in Dade. Really? And even in Broward County and Lauderdale, because the chances of getting hit are absolute. Yeah, no, I, wow. I so. grew up. I grew up in Broward, man. It's oh, I grew up in Palm Beach. I grew up in Boca, so yeah, right there. But yeah, no, I would never fucking ride a motorcycle down there. It's I wear a helmet now, um, but that's because my 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 little one guilted me into it, and she was right. So you know, I wear not a full face. I don't have the little plastic shield, but I got the chin bar. I wear a, a gringo, a built well okay. gringo. So. Yeah, they make uh, them that big. Uh, I had to take the cheek pads <laughs> out of it, fit in my big fucking head. But thank you for asking. 
<laughs> and put this way, I took the cheek pads out of the helmet. My cheeks still touch the helmet. Wow. <laughs> I just I just wanted to clarify, just in case anybody is wondering about, you know, ginormous helmet, you know, ginormous heads and whether you can squeeze your head into a gringo. TJ is is a is an expert in this and, and it can be done. It's mine's a double XL and it, it does fit me. Fits me just fine. So Yep, you gotta take the cheek pads out, and if you take your Dremel tool and Dremel the rest of the inside of it out, it's fine. <laughs> and then you cut the bottom half off and you take a rope to tie it together, it's fine. It's only perfect. It's perfect after that. It fits perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it fits perfect. So when we're talking about are they worth the price, do you think Harley should make an entry level bike a six seven thousand dollar bike or do you think it devalues the, the brand i the, the problem is what that piece of shit would look like <laughs> <laughs> you know like for them to sell something for seven grand it's gonna have a fucking pull start <laughs> you know <laughs> if they could put like a briggs and stratton that's what it would like, be on like a yard on like one of those big wheel big wheel mm -hmm. yard carts Mm -hmm. You know, type of thing. If they were to make some shit like a Grom, goddamn. Well, you know, back in the AMF days, that's exactly what happened. The brand got devalued because they came out with all these cheap pieces of shit. Right. Well, they were selling what I can't remember what Italian bike it was. They were selling with Harley's logo on it. Oh, it was that fucking. It was the. It was the 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 fuck. Amber, Amber, fuck! I don't. I know not the good one. Not like a bull taco. One of the good ones. It was no. A, it, it was I know. It, yeah. it was in the Sprint. It was the the Harley Sprint. Amberjack. Bull taco. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Italian bike. B u l t a c o. Bull taco yeah. is a good good yeah, Italian that, bike. Bull taco. Is that I sort of like getting bear cocked? I was wondering, like, <laughs> what what comes in that taco? I don't want to know. <laughs> what kind of taco is that? Talking about moisture. That has uh, Tony's favorite bull cream on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. my god. Mm -hmm. Little Special little piece thought. of little piece of trivia, and you guys might not know this, but and you, and you might, I don't know. But did you guys know that AMF is actually credited for getting Harley to retool all of their production plants and bring them up to modern production plants? Because prior to that, they were still using production models that were well over 50 years old and so the, while, the evo was designed under amf yeah not so right so while while amf did put out a bunch of garbage they did actually bring them up to modern production standards it was it was a timing thing the buyout everyone credits the, the execs with the part of the buyout is saving harley but well amf actually had put them on the right track before they did the buyout right before so right. um and a fun fact right after the buyout uh, the execs at Harley reached out to Honda and said, would you mind if we toured your factories? And Harley was doing so badly, Honda said, okay. <laughs> so they actually mm. let all the engineers tour their factories and take fucking notes and then go back to the States and go, well, that's how that's done. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of knowledge they gathered there. There's a great book that I cannot remember the name of, but uh, Harley's national sales manager recorded or wrote a book and i have the audiobook i listen to road trips it's friggin' brilliant where this guy talks about how they force dealers to to evolve like uh they cut their back-end profit unless they invested in leather jackets but then they said we're giving you a rebate 
So they're like, we'll get you back up to the profit you've known for 50 years if you invest a million dollars in leather jackets. <laughs> but then the dealer sold all the leather jackets in like a month. So everyone made a bunch of money and everything. But it's just really interesting stuff they did to them in the 80s to, to, to make all that money and get a two-year waiting list for a bike. Right. Yeah. I remember those days. Mike, do you think there's going to be a waiting list for the Pan America? There already is, isn't there? In there, yeah, there already is. The so I didn't until I started this whole Pan America experience because it actually I actually learned quite a bit about Harley dealerships. So you have three tiers of Harley dealerships. You've got a tier one, a tier two, and a tier three dealer, and that's based off of points that the dealerships get from sales and people financing and doing all that shit. Um, and so if the, like the tier one dealers, they got their bikes two, three weeks ago, and some of them are still getting them now. The tier two dealers haven't even seen their bikes yet. And the tier three guys aren't going to get their bikes until June or July. But as far as a waiting list goes, there's already people that have put deposits down and are waiting on a motorcycle to show up just because they want one. Um, you know what? I think that is done by design. Mm -hmm. I think they do that on purpose to draw, to get demand up on that motorcycle. I'll straight up tell you any man. I goddamn, I can, if you ride one of those fucking motorcycles, you will buy that fucking motorcycle. Well, I won't because I can't touch the ground on the motherfucker. <laughs> you won't. I'd need, a, you won't. I'd need some fucking stilts to be able to ride that bitch. But Tell somebody like with somebody with actual knees and not just, you know, and <laughs> shins. If you have knees and shins, you can probably ride it. Yeah, it might um, just go thigh to ankle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think leg you do stuff. a video. I think, Mike, you should let Tony ride your bike, but put stilts on him. Yeah. So he can ride he'll, he'll, he'll need them. I mean, I, you know, I've got the ride height, but my still, whenever I've got the bike turned off, I mean, I'm, I'm over or I'm under tiptoeing. So I've got, you know, more than the balls of my feet. I just can't get my heels on the ground. Your, your balls are on your feet. Balls? <laughs> yeah. Man, that's what happens in, when you're, when the weather gets warm. Your balls yeah. loosen your up, man. Balls of the yeah. Ball. Well, I, that's, I mean, it, listen to Mike talk though. I think the guy's so much in love that those panniers are just going to fall right out of his ass. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I, I, it, I, it's mind-boggling. I'm, I'm almost speechless over this motorcycle because I can't believe the motherfuckers at Harley actually created this good of a fucking motorcycle. Fanboy. And, and you know, we, you know, yeah, he's really fucking fanning out, man. I'm telling you, it's somebody's going to go get a fucking tattoo soon. <laughs> I, 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 I Man, that emblem right there around the nipple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling and you, no ass patchwork vests and a Dillagaff patch, and <laughs> he won't know. He won't know what it means, like most of the dudes with Dillagaff patches. But nonetheless, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I think. I think what Mike is experiencing, though, is exactly what any rider should experience when they found exactly the right bike that does all of the right things that they want them to do 
and this I don't think it necessarily is brand specific, but I I completely understand what Mike is feeling and going through because when I moved from my Sportster to my Road King, and I rode it for probably the first month, and I pulled into the garage. It I mean it took me a hot minute because I had a Sportster, right? But I pulled in the garage one day, and I remember thinking and feeling exactly all these things that Mike is saying. I was speechless. I was like, this is exactly what I've wanted this whole time. This bike is perfect for what I want to do, how I want to ride, the styling I like, everything. It, it, you know, and I, and I still feel that way. So I completely understand. You know, and, and Mike is saying the bike is perfect. It's perfect for him because it's all of the things that he wanted. Some people can find those. It- perfect bikes in another model i think tony might have found it with the street bot yeah and and that's that's the good thing i mean i that's exactly right i've anytime i have bought a motorcycle i have researched what i that's and it is so much more because there's things about that bike i haven't even it's got so much fucking tech and electronics in it I mean, yes, I know it's got electronics in it, but it's got so much technology built into that motorcycle. It's going to take me a fucking month to to learn how to use everything. So, I mean, that, that kind of goes back to our thing, though, real quick, about is it worth the price? If you find a bike that does exactly what exactly what you want, it's styled exactly the way that you want, pay the money and get it. Because if you don't, you cut yes. that two or $3,000 off, you're going to be disappointed with your choice. I think I think that's if, exactly the point. I mean, it's, yeah. it's exactly right. The money that I spent on this motorcycle was a. It, it really sucked to to spend that kind of money. But had I known what the bike was and had ridden one and done all that before I even bought the thing, like you know, if I had demoed one or something or whatever, you know, I would have known what to expect. But when I'm signing the signing on a dotted line purchase in the motorcycle, I didn't know really what to expect. I knew it was a good motorcycle and I knew it was a lot of money. But at the same time, after I rode that motorcycle, that motorcycle is worth every penny and more than like, what I paid for sounds it. Sounds like Mike has eaten a bottle of Vi- Viagra. <laughs> I was gonna say, how, how hard is it to get that bike into bed with you at night? You know, I, I just hate to see all the Vaseline build up around the exhaust. <laughs> oh, so the bike's the boy? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, it's still it's still a bottom though. <laughs> <laughs> it's broke back Pan Am. <laughs> There's a prison joke I thought of when you, as soon as you said that. I'm sorry, I, you know. Oh lord, <laughs> is that because you know prison jokes or because you've been there? I just know, no, no, haven't been there, <laughs> haven't been there. I've, I've always been able to talk my way out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you you talked your way out of something that just happened to Mike this weekend. Yes, <laughs> his, his prison wallet was violated. <laughs> no, dude, a dude gets sent to jail. He's he's a, a you know a middle class kind of guy, financial crime, and he says, "Judge, please don't send me to jail. I'm just not made for that." And he says, "Well, you're doing five years. Sends him to jail, and the first night he gets put into this cell with a dude who is six foot six, three hundred and fifty pounds, and whatnot." And the guy says, I know you're new to this, so I'm going to go ahead and make this easy on you. Do you want to be the daddy or do you want to be the mommy? 
And the little guy goes, well, I guess I'll be the daddy. And the guy goes, okay, good. Come over and suck mommy's dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I don't like my choices. (laughs) Ryan has lost it. Ryan, Ryan, it came out of Ryan's nose. It, it, It took a minute. I'm sorry. It was too good. I had to share. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Oh, TJ, um, these guys have heard this before, but that reminded me of uh, the, the joke that I like to use a lot. <laughs> Tony's laughing already. Mm. Have you uh, have you heard the horse cock joke, TJ? No. I wish I had a horse's cock. <laughs> okay. That way I wouldn't have to walk around with this big fucking thing. <laughs> it saved my back. It would save all kinds of things. It's exhausting throwing it over your shoulder. Okay. Okay. Here's my stupid joke of the week. All right. What does a deaf gynecologist do? I have no idea. <laughs> Same thing again. Lip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like, what, what's the last sound that a pubic hair hears? <laughs> you know what those little bumps on a woman's nipple are? Braille for lick me. <laughs> Boy, we are on a roll now. <laughs> well, that was demonetized right there. <laughs> it hasn't been broadcast yet. I'm just saying. Oh, that's 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 going to make it. So real quick, before we go any further, I want to do a quick shout out to three new patrons um, that we forgot to mention last week. We have Snatch Daddy. What an awesome name. Um, Chris whose last name I don't know, and then Toby Northern. So thank you, three guys, for becoming patrons of the FDB podcast. All right, everybody. Well, so as most of you guys know, we always pose questions in our Discord of either guests or topics that we're having. And so tonight we pose that question, are Harley's worth the money in our Discord? And so we're going to take some of those questions right now. So the first question is from Das Uber Stinker. (laughs) <laughs> and he asks, <laughs> "Why would you choose das Har- boot. Das boot. Das boot. <laughs> Why would you choose Harley over Indian? For instance, a heritage classic over an Indian vintage." Oh, I could go for days. Take off. Take That's off. what she said. She won. <laughs> <laughs> and I was lying. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 the. Biggest thing, the bike's fine. I had an Indian, and mine was a piece of shit. Indians are not pieces of shit. Mine was. I had a 2016 Springfield, which is their Road King. Okay. And um, the paint kind of came off of it, and, you know, lights all the time, electrical problems, shot the ECM during Sturgis. It was was just a bad motorcycle. But I think it was built on Monday morning or Friday afternoon, you know, one of the two. So I don't think they're bad, but mine was. That's the reason why I would never buy an Indian I don't know. Maybe someday. <laughs> but the main, the main, the main thing really is dealer network. Yeah, there are no, there are no friggin' dealers. Like you've got no support, and it's not a very proven motorcycle. There's not a ton of them. 
So that's why. And and you're not saving money if we're talking about value and stuff. Indians are expensive. It's yeah, you're no, not it's saving a pricey anything. bike too. Yeah, I mean you're you're spending all the money. And aftermarket um, is just as bad. You don't save anything on aftermarket parts either. They're just as expensive as Harley aftermarket parts. And and there's not many options. Correct. You've got like four manufacturers of pipes. You know, yeah. on an Indian versus a million for Harley. So that's I, I think the dealer network was a fantastic answer because I'll drive past three Harley dealers by the time I get to the our Indian dealer, which is actually yeah. in Indiana. I have to go to another state to go. And the fact that they, the dealers aren't making it. So the dealer that I bought mine from was Fort Lauderdale Indian. Uh, two or three months after I bought it, the dealer folded. Oh. So then the only dealer was down in Miami, and I wouldn't go anywhere near that shop because it was shady as hell. Now there's another one in Lauderdale under a different name, but I don't know if they're selling any bikes and are going to be able to keep the doors open. You know, so it's just, it's just a uh, yeah. You got no support. Right, and yeah. and I think in Indians are sold in a lot of power sports dealers too, aren't they? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. They, are. they are. That's the way. Well, I mean, they're a, set they're they're a Polaris. You know, I mean, they're 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 still right. under the P- Polaris conglomerate. So I mean, yeah. so you're going to find them in a power sports dealer. Yeah, every single place I can think of down here that you can buy an Indian, you can also buy a jet ski. Yes. You know, like yeah. All right, so we have the next question is from Valor Cycle, and he says, I've always heard that you aren't buying the bike, but you're buying an entrance into the Harley culture. Is that still a valid selling point? (laughs) Well, Mike just fucking lost a few nuts this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I got seriously violated. (laughs) He's already ordered his Sons of Banana vest. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good oh god damn it that's twice dj that's twice yes. <laughs> oh my god the shirt would say s-o-b oh my <laughs> fucking god <laughs> buy your sons a banana pan america t-shirt today yes, the, the pan of banana t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious okay so, of so what do we what, like, what do we say about this i think you absolutely do buy in the community when you buy a harley i mean it's your choice to engage in that community after you buy the bike yeah but it's definitely there for you to take advantage of if you want to right i will say this most of the people that i spoke with this weekend at different various dealerships. The people that I talked to the bike about were anywhere from their early 50s to their early 70s. It wasn't the younger crowd. It was all older guys, and they were all very interested in the motorcycle. Impressive. Well, there's not a lot of... You know, kind of like what TJ said earlier, young guys, it's hard for them to have Harley money. And I get that. But what I'm – you – so I, I take this. I used this analogy when it – because I talked about the V-Rod a lot this weekend. The same guys who spoke with me about my motorcycle is – they're basically the same people who said, ah, oh, the V-Rod's not going to sell. And 
it at least they seemed open to the idea of Harley moving in a direction that they moved in with this bike. And to hear someone who's, you know, I mean, it, I, I at least read up on it. But to be able to talk to someone who owns the motorcycle and find out about it, they were, you know, they, they were actually intrigued by the motorcycle and not just, ah, it's air-cooled motors or it's not air-cooled, so fuck them, you know, type of scenario. Um, I, I think the community today is more open to new things in the Harley community than, than, than you know, what they used to be. But I do think that when you buy a Harley, that, what the hell is it called? The badge and badge and stripe or something on the orange, orange field. field? Yes, mm, that. You're gonna have to learn that now. Yeah. No, I'm gonna call it the damn badge and the badge and stripe. I got that badge and stripe on my bike. Um, you got the badge stripe on your back. Yeah. yeah, it's a badge. We call it the snail trail. It's called say. a landing strip. It's that badge with that landing strip across it. <laughs> Vag. You know what, though? I think I think one of the reasons there's a couple things there. One is the reason why the dudes you're talking to are older is that's who buys Harley's. Number one, number two is because the younger dudes. I, I did a whole video on the, the generational issues, and and the younger dudes who commented said it's because we don't feel comfortable walking up and talking to somebody we don't know. It's just a, a different sort of thing. Well, the, the other thing is kids don't feel comfortable talking to anybody in person. That is did, so did, true. Did you ask yeah, them they, if their balls have dropped yet? <laughs> but and the other is. <laughs> The reason why people rejected the V-Rod and hated anyone who bought one is because they thought that's where Harley was going. They couldn't accept that Harley just wanted to try this. You know, yeah, something that was exactly. new and different. They know that Harley's not going ADV bike. Right. They just know that Harley is doing a good job at making this one. So I think that's the reason why the dudes who buy Ultra Classics aren't rejecting the Panamera because it doesn't threaten them like the right. V-Rod. You know? Yeah. God damn, TJ just threw out some fucking wisdom there on that one. I'm going to get a couch, and I'm going to build by the hour. <laughs> no shit. He's a, he's God, and that sounded like prostitution, and that's not how I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You can walk back that statement all you want now, but you said it. It's okay. Because <laughs> Tony can cut it however he wants. Like, <laughs> I would like to suck, and, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that will make the podcast. Pro monkey now. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, just professional monkey spanker is <laughs> here for your. <laughs> All right, are next you question. lonely? <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> so we have a question from um, C.S. Shroom, or Shro I don't know how to pronounce this one. Maybe he sees shrooms. See shrooms. Maybe that's it's not. There's no what, S at the end. See shroom mushroom tip. See shrooms. Okay. Since price is all is always brought up with new model with a new model release, what concessions would you be willing to make to bring the price of a Harley down, and what changes to lower the buy-in cost a Harley would to a Harley would be a no-go? So, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go at this one right. So I'm going to say none. I'm going to say zero concessions because. I think that Harley is billing itself as a premium product. I bought the Harley because it's more refined, that it's all basically made out of metal, that the hand controls are good. I, I don't want to see them make a cheaper, 
I, I don't want to see them cheapen themselves by, you know, making less quality bikes or parts to bring a price down. That's, yes. That's my thought on it. Right. When because you discount, what, when you discount yourself, you are devaluing, you are devaluing you and your brand and your services. Because you know, as well as I do, Mike, you just got a brand new bike. That's a brand new model. And if yep. that bike would have been cheapened to lower the price, everybody would have said it was a cheap piece of crap. That's yep. what they would have said. Rather than this is a great bike, they would have said this is a cheap piece of crap. So well, you're go- you, you've got the people who also say that, well, it has plastic all over it. And, well, rightfully, and rightfully so. If you're going to drive some shit off road, I would right. much rather replace plastic than to have to replace metal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's that's not a yeah, that's not. A, I mean, if you're going to bitch about the plastic on the Pan America, you know nothing about ADV bikes and probably don't have any business talking about it. Exactly. And here's your flag. And here's fuck your flag. <laughs> here's your fuck here's off your, flag. Here's your fuck off flag because I'll, I'll throw it right at you. Okay. That's the same dudes who said that the Harley stopped being good after the shovel head. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. So here's here's Mouse. And, and Mouse is a patron of ours. He's a good friend of the podcast. He's on the Discord quite a bit. And he's across he, the pond. And he's across hey, the Mouse. pond in the UK. So he says, as Americans, is Harley so embedded in your culture that you are predisposed to buying Harley as a first choice? I think this is true here in the UK as we have no emotional bond but it's the historic, almost fantasy image that sucks us in. Wow. I think it's the same thing here because, you know, my whole life I dreamed of owning a Harley. Um, We've talked about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the reason I bought a Sportster. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the fact that Harley made my Pan America... I didn't buy the Pan America because it was made by Harley. I bought the Pan America because it's a badass bike. It didn't matter who fucking made it. It just happened to be a really good bike by a good manufacturer. But yeah, but there is something to say with that. You know, Harley does hold a certain, I don't know how to, what to say. It Culture. Is. Culture or just this, this dream or vision that people think of when they think of motorcycling. It's There's sort of an like, X factor. No one buys a Honda because they grew up on the back of their dad's Honda. <laughs> it's true. That's you know? that's actually. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, well, TJ hits it on the head. I grew yeah. up on the back of a Harley, and that's what yeah. I bought. I mean, it, he hits it nail. That is a, exactly it, right there. Because you could, because the dude who grew up in the back of a Honda will buy a Kawasaki or a Yamaha or a Suzuki and not give a shit. It's like exactly. Yeah. I would. I I grew up in the back of my dad's bike, and so I connect emotions with that brand and harley has somehow just cemented that yeah you know into our culture they're they're, they have absolutely they have absolutely created a um a loyalty that that can that can you know be bred into you (laughs) if you grow up on the back of that bike because that's what you dream about that's what you think about when you think about motorcycling what about the guys in the 70s that walked around t-shirts that said fuck the factory (laughs) <laughs> but they would never own anything else. Right. That's right. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, man, it's, why are you walking? I thought you had a Harley. Fuck <laughs> the factory. I'm walking. It's a well, no, I'm going to go buy a new Harley next week, though. 
You know, it's like, same, yeah. yeah, it's the same people that throw that, that will throw the motor co under the bus, but still go to their local dealership and support them and buy a bike. Right. Well, they were they, walking cause they had a shovel head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's a, a funny personal story. When I bought that Indian, this is shows like a problem in my psyche. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 I traded two Harleys on the Indian, two old Harleys. Whoa! And and I had that uh, Indian. Right, we have to end. We have to end the podcast here. We uh, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I traded an old Road King that I built and a Deuce that I bought. I don't know, whatever. And I traded them both on the Indians. It was so much goddamn money. It was called a Deuce. Yeah, soft tail Deuce. Yeah, soft tail. And deuce. that sounds like a I, piece of shit. It was. It was. <laughs> anyway, so I, I buy this Indian Springfield. I owned it probably six months, and and my dad rode a Harley still. Well, still does to this day, but at the time was right. And I felt such emotional pain that I didn't own a Harley Davidson, and I owned an Indian. That I shit you not, I went and I bought an old Wide Glide just so that I had one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, bought, wow. I bought a five thousand dollar Wide Glide, and just just so be like, well, I still own one. I'm still part of the club. I'm still okay. You know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it was weird. And that was a Dyna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A carbureted <laughs> wide glide. Oh wow! The Fuck Adana. Real. <laughs> it had big ass apes on it, so I know you'd love it even more, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next question is from Jorge eighty six. It's with Harley being a premium brand, why do people insist on demanding a lower price point like a mainstream manufacturer? To me, this is like demanding Mercedes make a cheap a car as cheap as a Honda Civic, right? And I think we kind of already already hit that earlier. Is that they're they're a premium brand and and they shouldn't lower the price. They shouldn't cheapen their themselves um, by making a cheaper product. I agree. I mean, I would like to see them have, you know, if the sportsters do go away like everybody is thinking they are, I, I would like to see them still have an entry level ten thousand dollar bike. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Because you'll get more riders that way. I mean, especially younger riders that can afford it. Yeah, that's more obtainable for a lot of people, 10 grand. So if they come out like the custom with that 1250 or the 975 or whatever they're going to do, and they price that thing at $13,000, $14,000, you're not getting out of the dealer for under 15 grand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're going to lose some first time buyers with that price point for sure. So you. It brought something to mind, Ryan, whenever you read that question. So, like, if you go to buy a Mercedes, you have your E-Class. I mean, there's a bunch of different classes of Mercedes, of course, but you have your E-Class, and then you have, like, your, what's the the C-Class? S-Class. S-Class, yep. C-Class. And the big dog, the AMGs. So, the the C-Class is your lower-end Mercedes, but when you go to... You know, when you're riding around, if you look at a used car lot, like a buy here, pay here lot on the side of the road, if they have a Mercedes, it's a C-class Mercedes. It's generally not an E-class Mercedes. And if you go to like a Mercedes repair shop or something like that, it's the same thing. So that's why I'm wondering is if, you know, is if Harley were to make something like that, would it be so inexpensive that it would be less quality? Well, I mean, they theoretically, they have done something like that with the soft tail standard. 
Or I'd say the streets, the street 500s and street 750s, them little yeah. things. God damn, that was an ugly. T- that was an ugly fucking tank on that bike. That was an ugly bike. All those around. those were made to try and sell in Asia, and they didn't sell because they're still too much too expensive. You know, the funny thing is, Mike, that is a brilliant parallel with Mercedes, because the C was a piece of shit when yep. it came out, and Mercedes Benz buyers were like, "I don't care if it's the cheap one; it still has to be good." Right. And so now the C is a very good car, but the C is very expensive, though. It's it not is. cheap anymore. Right. right. So it's still it's, it's like it's 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 almost the same customer. Harley customers are the bitchiest customers on earth. They demand perfection, they demand this, they demand that, but they also demand that things be cheap, which isn't gonna work. But then if they actually made something cheap, they'd bitch because it was cheap. And then like it's just, you know, <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. We so bitch what we bitch while we're signing our name on the dotted line is what we do, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But I mean, I, mean, I, I wonder if like other manufacturers deal with the same shit that Harley does with all like the brand hate and stuff that comes at them. I'm going to say no, Tony. We talked about this before because this is passion driven. A motorcycle is not a necessity. Nobody needs a bike. So it's a hundred percent passion driven. We all love motorcycling, right? How many of us love to get in? How many, Tony, do you love to get into your work truck and drive to work in the morning? No, I'd rather fucking eat a rhino's ass. (laughs) See? So there you go. Mm. It, it's, it's, I think it's a completely. I think it's a completely different thing because we don't need our bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. All right. I got, so to, to, I got to ring the. I got to ring the Harley bell. Yeah. <laughs> so we the, we the, the last question, and, and I, I like this one because I, I think they. I don't know. So this one's by the poop sock peanut. <laughs> go figure, peanut. Go, go figure Ryan, it out. Ryan, that's just you, isn't it? That's just you <laughs> under another name. Oh man, you got me. You got me. <laughs> uh so they don't make a sock big enough. <laughs> oh, Too much Harley's, shit. <laughs> Harley's quality has lagged in recent years in many aspects. Do you still believe the price point is worth the product? See, I don't think Harley's quality's lagged. I think they I had bad oil pumps and that's it. I don't believe so either. I don't think uh, what I think what people mean is that Harley doesn't have the technology in their box yeah. that some of the other manufacturers have. So does that mm, put I them beg behind to the differ. eight ball? Well, yeah, because you you have the bike that has the technology, but uh, you know, like Ryan, TJ, and I, we're buying, we're spending, you know, big money also, but we have hardly anything, right, on yeah. our bikes. There's no we're, tech on my bike at all. Yeah. And personally, I don't want tech on my bike. Me neither. I'd rather have it as stripped down as as possible. At least that's the way I feel. Yeah. Now, this is the thing that, that I get that, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit about this question. Is they said, Harley's, Harley's quality has lagged in recent years. And so if we're going to use that parallel to technology, let's just say this. Do you want an LCD screen on your bike and then also have plastic controls and plastic chrome and you know plastic side covers and plastic fenders because they can put all that crazy technology in there and then make all the metal plastic right and then they call it a pan america and then they call it a pan america because <laughs> no, the no, only I, thing i think that's metal on my motorcycle is the gas tank and everything else is aluminum or magnesium but your bike, Mike, your bike was designed to be the way that it is because it's an ADV bike and it shouldn't all be metal because you wouldn't be able to lift it. And right. You, you know, and if you drop it, your parks break. That's part of it, right? We right. don't want to drop our bikes. Your bike will probably get dropped at some point. 
Oh, I guarantee it. Right. So I think I, I don't. The question to me is interesting because I disagree with it. I disagree that their quality has lagged. I don't. I don't feel like it has. I feel, and if anything, I feel like they've maintained quality without drastically increasing prices. And TJ, I think, made that point in the very beginning. I that think their their prices are almost exactly what they were twenty five years ago. I think Harley is producing the best bikes they've produced in decades right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the something thing, the the fluid transfer thing, these are all engineering issues that have been corrected. It's not like they just left it that way. There was a bad oil pump design. That's the the only mistake that's been made, and and they've corrected it. Look at the Uh, Kawasaki KLR and the damn doohickey. How long was that motherfucker bad? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, Kawasaki never fixed the fucking doohickey. Right. what i'm getting at fuck is a doohickey what's the part number for that the cam chain tensioner on a klr 650 was a time bomb the spring is notorious for breaking and you lose the tension on your cam chain and it's a bad deal bad day so when you buy a brand new yeah so when you buy a brand new motorcycle you're it's suggested that you turn around and buy what's called the doohickey mod and you, you have to take your entire side cover, fucking side of the motor apart to do it. But you never have an issue after that. Wow. But it's the That's fact the- that they, they left it that way for 15 fucking years rather than taking Excellent. the doohickey mod and manufacturing it like that. That's because them damn Japanese motorcycles are unreliable. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I just, I think to wrap it up, we all, I think we all agree. I mean, I think we all think that they are worth the money, right? And I think if you find the right bike, you're going to pay the price that that it, that it's on it, and and you're going to be comfortable with that because it's the right bike for you. There you go. I agree. I mean, I, I really do. I, I stand behind. I think they're producing some of the best bikes they've had in a long time right now. And tech aside. You know, they may not be the most tech-savvy bikes, but they're absolutely high quality. Mm-hmm. The fit and finish is unparalleled to any Best paint. Best paint in the industry. Yeah. And that costs, you know? Uh, I think this that part of it's like in childhood, there's a fork if you end up being into motorcycles. And you either fork against Harley or with it. You know what I mean? And, and if you didn't get that bite, that, you know, that Harley venom in your blood when you're little, you don't necessarily ever get it. You forked against a Harley before? I should try that. I'm going to in a minute when we get off here. I'm going to go out and fork all three of them in the garage. <laughs> to your mom. I'm afraid of what Mike's going to do to that Pan America. We're going mean, to FaceTime while charge. we do it. Mike's going to be on his. I'm going to be on mine. It's, it's, that's the OnlyFans. We have to pay for Mike's bike. <laughs> they're they're and if, working all night long. <laughs> and if you own a Donna, fork you. <laughs> Mike said they're going, there's got to be a way I can scissor this bike. <laughs> I, I think I think that's called sitting on it, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe I like when you it. sit on it, your your balls are gently resting on the seat, it's, are they not? Yeah, they are. So I think I think by by just by design, you're already scissoring your bike. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Man. The, the next time I test ride one. That's what I'm going to do. The adaptive hide right, he's allowing the bike to go up into him as he's riding. So. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Does it go up and down, up and down? Yes, it's, it becomes one with my anus. Right, right. He got that attachment. Asking, yeah. asking for a friend. Yeah. It's got that prostate button, Mike. It does. <laughs> it does. But, you know, remarkably, it's soft and supple, not hard <laughs> like I thought it would be. <laughs> I think that's a great I think that's a great way to end tonight. <laughs> those need to be Mike's last words right there. <laughs> stop the stop the recording right now, Joey. Keep it dirty, riders. We'll see you next time at FBB Podcast.